0: you're now listening to the audible sanctuary that delves into the transformative power of embracing the more tender aspects of femininity i'm your host dale pasco committed to making the allure of gentleness irresistible and showing you that it's safe to live in the soft side of womanhood Hey y'all, welcome back to She's So Soft. We have a very extensive and heart healing episode ahead. So we're going to go ahead and say our affirmations and then get into everything that the Lord has placed on my heart. I am worthy of love and belonging, regardless of the past experiences with my parents. I release any feelings of inadequacy, knowing that I deserve unconditional love. I release any expectations or burdens tied to my relationship with my father, allowing space for healing and understanding. I break free from the patterns of mommy wounds, creating a narrative of wholeness and emotional well being. The love my Heavenly Father offers me is powerful and capable of filling any voids from the past and creating a foundation of identity, strength, and resilience. So, as always, write those down, speak them often, and remember they are most effective when applied with action. Just a brief recap of last week's episode. I went ahead and honed in on the fact that it is indeed a privilege to be in your space. I think it's very important to understand who we are, whose we are, the value that we possess, and who it should be delegated to in grace. So if you have not played that episode yet, listen to it now or play it after this. I think it will be very eye-opening for all those who need to hear it. In this segment, we're going to dig into what daddy issues and mommy wounds look like and what it means to have some of these things going on in our souls. I'm going to shed some light on the emotional and psychological impacts that these terms can have on individuals based on their relationship with their parents. I was going to solely focus on mommy wounds, but the Lord switched it up and added daddy issues. I believe they can definitely go hand in hand. And I think that there are times where we focus so much on daddy issues that we don't look at the fact that we may have some mommy wounds, okay, because your mother is a human being who makes mistakes just like your father does and no matter how great of parents you have, there are still some things that they may have been lacking or places that they could have done better and because we may have a blinder or just be solely focused on the good or even things that may not have been so good, but we have this really thick lens of honor to where we won't give ourselves permission to be honest with things that we experienced. We don't even realize that there are some underlying issues there. So this is not for you to go and start searching for issues within your parents or make something out of nothing, but just to be intentional that we are searching our hearts and allowing the Lord to reveal to us anything that needs to be revealed so that we can properly heal because our relationship with our parents is really the first relationship that we have that sets the tone for how we're going to relate to those outside of our home. These are two verses that I want to hone in on. And at the end of this episode, we are going to say a brief declaration that allows us to break free from any disappointments and unforgiveness that we may have been holding on to. So first, we're going to begin with Ephesians 6 and 4 in the Amplified Version, and it reads, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them. But bring them up tenderly with loving kindness and the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Titus 2, 3-5 reads, Older women similarly are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossip, nor addicted to much wine, teaching what is right and good, so that they may encourage the young women to tenderly love their husbands and their children, to be sensible, pure, makers of the home where God is honored, good-natured, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. When I began to think on what the Lord wanted me to share during this episode, these are two verses that the Holy Spirit had ringing in my heart. I believe Ephesians 6.4 is very eye-opening because of one word that really stands out when you read that verse in the King James Version, and that is, Provoking Fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. So when you read the King James Version, you will see that it is shorter and the Amplified Version definitely elongates that verse and gives it more context, but provoking. We hear a lot about narcissism and people who grew up with narcissistic parents You'll hear them referring to their father, although there are some people who explain that their mother was indeed narcissistic or had narcissistic tendencies and traits. But when I think of Ephesians 6.4, I think of parents who intentionally provoke their children to wrath and place unreasonable demands on them that they're not able to live up to. I think of people who may not have ever felt like they were good enough and children who were raised by someone who may have been abusive, whether it be physically, mentally, emotionally, or verbally, and children who were humiliated at the expense or at the hand of their father to make their father look good, right? And when I think of Ephesians 2, 3 through 5, it made me really look at mothers who had the charge of raising daughters that were well-equipped when they left their parents' home, but the mother dropped the ball and did not teach them the things that they should teach them. So for example, this may be a woman who had the ability to teach her children or her daughter how to take care of her body, how to bathe, how to properly apply perfume, ways to navigate the kitchen, how to read a book and break down what's going on in the book, like taking a proper exegesis of what she's reading. And when I think of that verse, it and I look at different young ladies today, and even women who... Weren't taught those things, and if they were, some were taught by their fathers or other people, or they just had to pick up, you know, the skill sets in life. It really breaks my heart because you see how some parents really drop the ball. And, like I mentioned, you may have grown up in a home with someone who did an astounding job raising you. That doesn't mean that a ball wasn't dropped somewhere and maybe you can't see anything. So that's perfect, that's great. But then I know that there are women who are tuning in who did not have a pleasant experience in the homes that they were raised in. And it's really important that we take a look at those things to understand what may be trying to hinder us today, right? So when it comes to daddy issues and mommy wounds, it's important to understand That those are psychological challenges that can definitely arise from the dynamics of our relationships with our parents, right? That's been established. So, for instance, someone with daddy issues may be struggling with allowing themselves to be trustful in romantic relationships because their father was unreliable, right? So, it may show up in a way also where they're not able to be emotional in their relationships because because their mother was not emotionally available. And you can see that on both ends of the spectrum. One thing that we learn often is that fathers are ones who really do gird up and affirm the identity of a child and mothers provide that emotional stability. But the truth of the matter is both parents play a part in both ends of the spectrum. So if a mother withholds love from you or she tears you down with her words, I believe it's just as difficult detrimental as a father doing it. And it could show up in the same way, or it may be totally different. However, they both leave marks on the soul. Okay. And it's crazy because I have spoken with people about certain issues because I do counseling, um, in different spaces of life. And someone will tell me that they grew up a certain way in their home and what they put on the table is not normal, right? is some things are borderline abuse, some things are straight up neglect, some things aren't that crazy, but it's still like, you know that's not normal, right? And when you pose that question to them, they're like, oh, it's not, or what do you mean it's not normal? We did this every day. It's important to note that just because it was your norm doesn't mean that it's supposed to be normal. I take everything back to God's original design and his original plan. Did he ever intend for a child to be smacked in the mouth every time they said something Something that was deemed quote unquote disrespectful? Did he originally intend for you to be given a big plate of food that was overly stacked with things that a grown man couldn't really eat and tell you to sit there until everything was gone? Did he originally intend for you to grow up in a home with everyone where everyone was extremely overweight and that to become your norm? We have to call a spade a spade and put things on the table so that we can understand understand what God originally intended so that we're not trying to normalize things that were actually abusive. Anything that was anything that has not been used as it was originally intended and created to be used is being abused. So, let's take our minds off of being punched in the face or stomped or kicked or cussed out or thrown out at a young age, but just simple things, simple things that were perverted and turned into abusive habits or natures simply because they weren't being used correctly. Was it normal for you to be seven years old staying at home by yourself? My daughter had a friend who is always home by herself. I'm, when I tell y'all, always home by herself. And I'll be like, Zariah, ask her if she wants to come over because the Bible says that it's not good for you to leave your child alone. I have to find that verse and share it later. But when you leave your child alone, do you know how much you allow the enemy to have access to their minds, especially with social media of the night and the day? There are certain things that are shared on TV and other media platforms that are supposed to be intended to reach adults but when a child's left alone late at night, she's scrolling or he's scrolling social media or watching different shows and she's they are going to run across something and if they don't think it's nasty enough, they will indulge in those things. So is it really normal for a five, six, seven year old to be home by themselves, to make themselves dinner? I understand that sometimes we go through things in life, you may be a single parent or maybe your husband and you have jobs that don't allow you to be home late. Find a way to switch it up and this is not to be a judgmental episode to where I'm tearing anyone down because I've been a single parent before, but we have to begin moving wiser and being intentional to really put things on the table so that we don't continue these curses that have been planted into our bloodline, okay? Let's look at some ways that it may be tough for you to connect with other people or even with yourself or shoot, even God, because of daddy issues and mommy wounds. It may be hard for you to form deep connections with friends and partners because of mommy wounds. It's possible that you grew up without the emotional support and it left you hesitant to opening up with other people, which resulted in hindering the development of intimate relationships. It's possible that you're someone who seeks approval from others. So when it comes to daddy issues, maybe you're seeking approval from other people because your father did not provide any type of validation. So now you're constantly seeking reassurance and approval from romantic partners, and this can show up in many different ways. Maybe you're seeking approval via them giving you money, and them giving you money saying that you're good enough to be invested into. Maybe you're seeking approval by sleeping with them, and by being slept with, you're saying you're good enough to lay with and to pour love into. It shows up in many ways, and I have been harping on this a lot lately on my channel, this whole soft life thing. I'm all for living a soft life. Listen, I think, what's the podcast, Soft Life Through Christ? I think it's beautiful. Christ is how you get that soft life for real. But when we look at the soft life agenda that's really being pushed to the masses, it's really teaching women, you know, hypergamy and all these other things, which isn't necessarily an issue at all, right? But I think it's teaching women to borderline be abusive of relationships and to simply just be users but at the same time there are women who are stepping into these different relationships to be simply just straight up transactional and it's costing them but people aren't talking about that they're not talking about how it's costing them their self-esteem they're not talking about how they're just sleeping with someone for money and acting like oh yeah I sleep with him and he provides x y and z for me but she still feels empty inside it's not talking about how some of these women are beat up on just to live this quote-unquote luxurious life, right? So there's so many different ways that we will try to seek approval and we have to really sort through the pages to see the writing that may be in the fine print. Pay attention to little things that you may be doing that are results of daddy issues and mommy wounds. So these daddy issues and mommy wounds also have impact on your relationships, which we got into a little bit. But these issues can influence various aspects of both romantic and platonic relationships. It's possible that you may deal with a fear of abandonment and this can cause you to become extremely clingy in relationships. And on the other hand, you could have a difficult time forming connections because this stems from a lack of emotional support. So when you look at your relationships, do you feel like you're really showing up 100% in them and giving all that you can to them so that you're able to have long-lasting relationships, whether they be romantic or platonic? And if you are in relationships and you're showing up, are you allowing yourself to truly receive from your friends or those that you're in romantic relationships with, your spouse or a boyfriend? Can you truly receive? Do you fear being loved for real? Do you fear connecting with God for real? Is there something in you that longs, which I know it is because it's in every single person, whether they admit it or not, but is there something in you that longs to be connected to the true and living God? But because of fear, you don't fully connect because you don't know if he's going to reject you, abandon you, drop you, not keep his word, not keep his promise. I have been living for the Lord for the last... 15, 15 years, right? And there are still times I have to cast down negative thoughts and say, no, the Lord, the Lord is good. He loves me. The Lord is not going to abandon me. The Lord is not going to drop me. And guess where that stems from? Daddy issues. Guess where else that stems from? Relationships that I got in with people who didn't keep their word, but I can't even sit there. It still goes back to the daddy issues. So I have to be intentional with making sure my heart stays in the right place at all times. When I look at building relationships with certain type of women, right? Making sure I'm going into these relationships with the right mindset and not thinking that perversion is going to be taught. My mom did not teach me. She didn't do sexual things to me, nothing like that. And I I'm not big on telling other people's testimonies, but I learned to talk to multiple men because that's what I saw my mom do. So God had to show me, sometimes you struggle with connecting to certain women because you don't know if they're going to teach you the right thing. And my mom was awesome. My dad was awesome, right? But there were still things that I learned and I was picking up on that I didn't realize were really affecting my relationships and not just relationships outside of me, but the relationship with myself. So you really want to look in the mirror and figure out what's lacking and where did I pick this stuff up from? What things am I calling normal that are actually extremely unnormal that I should not be engaging in or habits that I need to let go of that I'm trying to say are just me. This is just the way I am. I've always been this way. Well, of course you have, because you grew up that way. But just because you grew up with a snake wrapped around your neck doesn't mean the snake is supposed to be on your neck. Cut the snake off. But because the snake's been around your neck your whole life, you think it's a part of you, even though it chokes you sometimes, even though it feels disgusting wrapped around your neck, even though it tries to measure itself against you and kill you, you still try to say, oh, it's just, it's just a part of me. Even though you see that abnormal thing growing on your body, you're still trying to take ownership of it when God's telling you, you to cut the snake off. You got to look for different little ways these things have crept into your life and how they've tried to implant themselves in you to make it seem like it's just who you are. No, it's not who you are. If you know that it's making you worse, if you know that you are lacking something, if you know that something is not right, look into that thing and do not be afraid and allow God to help you navigate through what's normal and what's not. So this takes us into self-reflection and being aware. You have to take a moment. And I want you to do this just for a moment. I can't break because it's an actual recording, but take a moment if you have to to pause and reflect on your childhood experiences consider how these things may be impacting your relationships today. Are they reoccurring? Do you see reoccurring patterns or triggers that are evoking strong emotions? Take a moment, write those things down so that you can revisit them and really put them before the Lord and allow the Lord. Something that I pray often is, Lord, search my heart. I pray this every night. Search my heart, God, while I'm resting and throughout the day, show me the things that you find while I'm sleeping. The things that I have suppressed that you need to come to surface and to be cast out of me that you need me to be delivered from. Show me those things. Show me the things that I've suppressed that you actually need to come to surface that you want me to utilize. Show me those things. Because everything suppressed isn't bad and everything suppressed isn't good. But I need to know what to do with what. Show me my heart after you search it so that I can know what to do. And I can let go of these things that are not of you or that are of you that you want me to keep. So as someone who begins to do this work, know that you have a responsibility of breaking generational patterns that are negative and influenced by the demonic, right? So it's really important to acknowledge and address our daddy issues and our mommy wounds so that we can interrupt, totally disrupt. I'm not even gonna say interrupt. I'm not interrupting anything. So that we can totally disrupt the cycles of generational curses and for us to be able to create healthier dynamic for future generations generations for yourself, for those to come. So for instance, you may want to begin seeking therapy. Maybe nobody in your family's gone to therapy, or if they have, maybe they only went so far in their sessions, or maybe they went through with all of their sessions, but there were still things that they were dealing with and they healed as much as as much as they allowed themselves to. You may have to go to therapy. You have to make it up in your mind that you're going to break free from inherited, listen, inherited emotional patterns. Be intentional with fostering healthier relationships. and it up in your mind that you're going to create a positive impact on future family dynamics. I've shared this before when I was really struggling with sexual perversion and you know other toxic habits and traits and characteristics or whatever. I remember sitting down with the Lord and I'm like, God, because of my daughter, I can't keep doing this. And once I became more mature, because of the next woman and the man that I may connect with, I can't do this. Because of people that I may never meet in my bloodline, I can't keep doing this. But it started with my daughter. There are so many things I don't want her to have to fight. She has her own life of things that are assigned to her. I don't want to tack more onto her life because I'm being too selfish or too lazy to tear these generational curses apart, to break these strongholds, to totally demobilize these strongholds. I refuse. So I asked the Lord, God, give me wisdom on how to be intentional. And someone who doesn't pass on generational curses, but generational blessings. I want blessings to flow for me. I want my bloodline to forever be blessed because Daryl and Dayelle did the necessary work. I don't want to leave an inheritance of blessings and curses. I want to destroy as much as I can in my lifetime to make sure the future generations, starting with my daughter, do not have to fight these things. Fighting in such a way that my nephew doesn't have to fight certain things. But it's really going to require you to be selfless, to be bold, to be courageous, to be honest, and to fight, and to depend on God. It's something powerful about being a daughter of God because you get to be a dependent. Which means truly that fighting is really just you laying your life down and allowing the Lord to do as he desires with you. But you're allowing him to be the one who fights for you. He fights for me. Jehovah Gabor, he fights for me. And not feeling like you have to be on this defense or even, you know, in this position where you're just constantly at war. People who are always in a state of warfare, kind of, they worry me sometimes. Because it's like, when do you rest? Why are you always fighting? Everything you do, you're you're just warring. Every day, that's not normal to me. To me, now it might be normal, but maybe I'm going to rest. Now, there are seasons though that call, that require more of warring from you than usual. But still, that's in partnership with God knowing that you're already victorious. I'm not fighting from a place of hoping I win. I already won. Why did I win? Because God won for me. Jesus won when he went on the cross and he died for me. So I fight from victory. And sometimes it doesn't always feel like that, but you fight from victory. So when you're looking at these daddy issues and mommy wounds, know that every attack against your life was very intentional. And if you were someone who experienced any type of sexual abuse, a negligent parent, not being able to eat when you needed a meal and maybe it wasn't that extreme your parents may have been very loving very funny very present but they still lacked some emotional connection or maybe your father was just always working because he always wanted to make sure he provided however extreme or simple it may seem understand that the lord didn't desire you to experience those things he's not a hateful father he's very loving however he allowed them to happen one people have free will Right, and it's not an excuse for people to do whatever they want, but the truth is people have free will. But because you're still here, know that the Lord protected you. I remember years ago, I can't remember the exact question that was asked, but it was along the lines of, if God really loved me, why didn't he protect me? And let me tell you something. Just because your body was inflicted, just because your feelings got hurt, just because you felt like you may have been abandoned or rejected or dropped, does not mean that he did not protect you. The fact that you are still here, you're still alive, you're still breathing, your life was not taken, means that the Lord protected you, the most inner part of you. Your soul is still intact. You are still mind, body and spirit. The Lord protected you. He could have allowed you to lose your everlasting mind. He could have allowed those things that happened to totally end your life. He could have allowed anything to happen to you. But the fact that you're still alive and you still have a beating heart it shows that he indeed did protect you. People can inflict pain on the outward and they can do some things that touch your inward being your feelings and your emotions but let me tell you something your soul belongs to the lord if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your soul belongs to the Lord. And even if you have not yet done so, he still is in control of your entire being. What I mean by that is he is still the one who can give life and take it away. Now, it would be wise for you to give your life to Christ, right? But he did protect you because you're still you're still here. So the enemy will try to play with your mind and make it seem like, oh, God didn't care about you. That's not true. God is Good. He is a good, 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 good father. A good father. An amazing father. He's so good that he knew that there would be people who experienced being forsaken by their mother and father, that he gave us a a verse in his word that says, even if, even, even when, when, which means everybody experiences some type of forsaking, even though it may not be extreme, even when your mother and your father forsake you. When my mother, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. This is Psalm 27 and 10. Let's go to 11. Teach me thy way, O lord and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies Let's, let's my god this is blessing me let's keep going 12 deliver me not over to the will of mine enemies for false witnesses are risen up against me and such as breathe out cruelty and let's go to 13 and 14 because baby i had fainted unless i had believed to see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living wait on the lord be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart wait i say on the lord let me tell you something go back and read that whole thing what is that um psalm hold on psalm 27 just read it read it in king james version and read it in the tpt tpt the passion translation will bless your life i'm telling you but even when they forsake me, God, he He takes care of me. You could have fainted a long time ago, but something in you said, let me just wait. Let me keep going. Let me keep fighting. Even though these voices from the past keep coming up, my mom cussing me out, my father abusing me or cussing me out or be whatever. God said, no, I got you. I have you in my hand. I have your heart in my hand. I'm taking care of you. I'm renewing you. I'm giving you a brand new heart. I'm showing you that the heartbeats don't have to hurt, that it can it can feel good. I'm showing you that it's okay to breathe, to have life, to enjoy your life. I'm showing you that you don't have to be like what was. I'm showing you that you have a purpose. So in this, you have to be really intentional with healing. Find healing strategies. Start with the word of God. Start with the word of God and measure everything by the word and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you <laughs> Show me how to go through this process of healing. Take me through this process of healing and show me what tools you want me to use. Whether he leads you to a book that he wants you to read, whether you begin therapy, you start different activities outside of the home. Maybe your parents never put you in anything, right? That's something that is not normal. You should be in some type of activity. So you break that fear and you join some activities. You get in a softball, get on a softball team at the age of 50. Who cares? Join the team. Start journaling. Start creating art art find your voice and confidence in the lord and allow him to heal you through these many things right but do it with jesus make sure you extend compassion not only to yourself but to your parent extend compassion to them even if your parents are no longer here be compassionate and think of ways that you can understand why they were the way that they were i went through a process where I had to really forgive my father when him and my mom got a divorce. And then I went through a process where I really had to forgive my mom. But I think the one that seemed stronger was having to forgive my father because he's the one who no longer lives in the household, but it's not necessarily because he didn't want to be. He wanted to be there, but him and my mom, their relationship had ended so he had to leave. But as a young girl, I still wanted my father there, right? But I remember sitting in Ikea's parking lot years ago when I had moved to Tampa and I was sitting in the car crying because I was like, God, I really want to have a better relationship with my dad because I was definitely a daddy's girl, right? I'm like, God, I just want us to reconnect in a stronger way again. And why is this going on? And why doesn't he do this? And in the blink of an eye, the Lord gave me a vision and showed me parts of my father's childhood that my father had never shared with me. And all I could do in the car was weep and cry and cry some more. I said, God, I understand. And I apologize. And I pray that my dad heals from X, Y, and Z. And from that moment forward, I kept praying for my father's heart, for his mind, for his body, for his memories, right? And I remember my sister coming to me probably like a week later. And she said, Dave, did you know dad experienced this, this, and this? I had just talked to him on the phone. And I was like, well, God actually showed me that a few days ago in prayer. And she's like, what? And so we talked about it a little bit. But had I not chosen to forgive my father and to be understanding so that I could extend compassion to him, I don't believe I would have been able to receive. I don't know if my father and sister would have had that conversation to reveal things that he had experienced, right? Do the same, not just with your father, but with your mother as well, because she needs compassion. I had a friend who had a mother who was on drugs heavily and we had to go see her once. We went to find her, I think like literally in a crack house. My heart was broken and I could tell my friend was so embarrassed, but I was like, girl, it's okay. We're here to get your mom to make sure she's good. And her mom kept trying to engage with her. And I could tell my friend was really closed off. Of course, understandable. But I spoke with her and I said, forgive your mom. Forgive your mom. No woman or man wants their child to pick them up from a crack house. Even if they keep going back to the drug, nobody wants to be on crack. Nobody grows up saying, I want to be a crackhead. Nobody grows up saying, I want to be an abuser. Nobody grows up saying, I want to totally destroy my... Nobody in their right mind says that they want to... To live a life that is not in agreement with the Lord, everybody wants to be their their best self. But depending on what they're surrounded by, what was done to them, what they have experienced, what they're seeing, unfortunately, that doesn't become the case for everyone. So I always remember that the 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 real right mind is a mind of Christ. Everybody's not there. Everybody doesn't know the Lord. And even some who do, they don't, they don't understand. They don't take the time to let his mind be in them. So they're not in their right mind. Uh, Nothing surprises me. When you see mass shootings, it's like, okay, they're not in their right mind. I don't care if they were a freaking genius. Still not in their right mind. Until you have the mind of Christ, you're not in your right mind. So forgive them because if they knew better, they would do better. And I shared yesterday actually on Facebook, forgiveness can seem like it's tough, but when somebody knows to do better, they will. And knowing that I mean, truly knows. Not just, there's a lot of people who have learned of something, but they haven't really made it their reality, their truth. Just like Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, right? This mind-blinding spirits. There's times that people do things that they still hide, right? People murder and kill and do all these crazy things that they hide because there is an inner conviction, but it's not enough to pull them out. So forgive your parents, extend compassion to your parents. And I want to leave on this verse, Exodus 20, 12, and the I version says honor respect obey care for your father and your mother so that your days may be prolonged in the land the lord your god gives you honor your parents even if they didn't do right by you even if you felt like they could have done more even if they did and they dropped the ball even if they're gone honor them by forgiving don't be bitter don't harbor resentment let go of what happened Understand that they have a story too. You're not the only one with the story. And I'm not trying to dismiss how you may be feeling or your thoughts or anything, but they have a story. Honor that. Honor them. It doesn't mean that y'all have to have the closest relationship, but if the Lord can restore that relationship, let him restore it. Let him restore it. Let him restore what he desires to restore and be open because if he does take you down the path to restore it, trust me, you need it. And if for any reason your parents are no longer here or that relationship never is restored, ask the Lord to send father figures and mother figures into your life and be open to, the right, to connecting with the right ones, not just anybody now, but the right ones. But before we go, I want to say this brief declaration and you can repeat after me or you can pause it and write it down or whatever. But I believe that this will really definitely help you to be free and to let go of what was and to even just begin your journey of healing. Today, I choose to forgive both my mother and my father. I release them from the grasp of resentment. I release them from hatred. I release them from my misunderstanding. I release them from my expectations. And I release them from the grasp of bitterness. I choose today to honor them from this moment forward for what they were able to do and trust that God has and will continue to do the work in me that brings me to an absolute place of wholeness father i thank you for blessing my mother and my father so that concludes another episode of she's so soft i want to thank you for tuning in and for exploring and really being open to understanding how daddy issues and mommy wounds have affected your life and began the journey of fully healing into your wholeness with the lord If you have found value in today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe, rate this podcast, and leave a review. I greatly appreciate your feedback. Please feel free to share this with a fellow soft babe as well. Next week, we're going to get into another episode, of course. And that's going to be a lot more lighthearted. And it is the real soft life of luxury. How to add them to your life and what this really looks like. Thank you for being a part of our community. As always, I'm your host, Dale Pasco. Remember, you're too soft to be acting so hard.